Hello and welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 36. This week my guest is Victoria Barry and she is an emerging children's author so stick around for the interview section. So at my desk this week, well at my desk this week I have been hard at it trying to um, fathom the the ins and outs of selling my children's work. Um, So funnily enough having a children's author was quite pertinent. It's quite hard to get the children's sales going and uh, I haven't really cracked it I must admit. Um, I've often talked about the fact that I do write under another name Tiger Molly and I you know I'm trying to get that you know up and running really so yeah stick around and I'll uh, I'll tell you how I get on. I'm running a bit of a promo on it over the next couple of weeks. Um, I'm not sure whether when this goes live whether that'll be happening. I I doubt it actually I think it'll probably would have gone by the time this comes but uh, having said that if you'd like to look up Tiger Molly um, on Amazon one of the books might be 99p or free so you know if you want uh, uh, chapter books for children aged 8 to 12 that might be your thing anyway so have a look at that so yes now the other thing I wanted to have a quick chat about was um, the podcast actually because I bumped into somebody the other day well not really bumped into I went to see my sister and my sister is a florist so we're sitting in her florist shop having a quick chat of a Saturday morning and one of her friends came in and um, you know they always do that awful oh how's your book doing you know and um, you never quite know what to say because you kind of want to say well actually which book because people have it in your mind that you wrote a book back in you know 20 years ago or something and that's the book that's still you know happening you know and obviously a lot more has happened since then and my sister sort of piped in she said oh Debbie does a podcast now and uh, and she said oh uh, well who's that for then and and it kind of made me think well who is it for and then I said oh well it's for everybody and uh, anyway the conversation moved on she wasn't interested at all in me and uh, why would she be but the point was that I when I thought about it on the way home in the car I thought yes it is for everybody uh, you know this week I have an emerging writer you know who's just about to you know either get published traditionally or bring out her own work or whichever path she decides to take and um, you know some people are just starting up and some people, you know, like Halid last week, you know, they're, they're very, you know, they're successful authors in their own right. And they've they might be independent authors, but they've been in the independent space for a long time, you know, and they have some measure of success. And also you've got, you know, other other writers that I've had on, you know, that have written many, many books, you know, as well as traditionally published authors. I've had a couple of romance authors who are traditionally published and they've got, a, you know, a huge stable of books under their name or under a couple of names. So my thing is, yes, it's great to have the great and good, but it's also great to have the emerging people, the people that are beginning, the people that are just starting out or, you know, for whatever reason, or the people that are swapping camps that are now going into traditional or are now becoming an independent author or deciding to be a hybrid. And I think everybody's story is valid no matter what what part of the process of you know, being a writer or being an artist that, that they're at. And I want to hear those stories. And I hope that you do too. Well, looking at the figures of the Words and Pictures podcast, I'm I'm really thrilled that every week, you know, my listening figures are, you know, jumping up step by step. And that's really great. So, you know, tell your friends, <laughs> let's, uh, let's carry on. And, um, 
you know, make it something for everybody because I think that's what's really important. The other thing is, you know, if you are or if you know somebody who, who writes, I don't mind what stage they're at, whether they they have nothing out but they're, they, you know, they consider themselves a bit of a dabbler or, or, they, or they're massively successful. It doesn't really matter to me. I think everybody's story is absolutely fascinating and I love to, um, you know, take part in that. You know, that moment where, you know, people tell you about, you know, what it is they write and why they do it and all that kind of thing. And I think it, I think it's endlessly fascinating. You know, even, at, you know, here I am, you know, uh, podcast number 36, 36 of you have come through and uh, had a chat with me and uh, it's all been fascinating. Well, actually, a few less than that because I've done a couple of solo episodes, but you know, you get my point. So Anyway, I hope you think so too. I hope you think that it's interesting just to hear everybody's story, you know, whatever point they're at. And um, the other thing is, you know, it's a conversation. If you want to join in the conversation, please do. Find me on social media. Find me on my websites. Um, you know, you can look at the show notes and you'll find um, links. And within my show notes, uh, within the websites, you'll find my social media links. And and I think within Podbean, which is what I um, host the words and pictures podcast i think there's a there's a thing on there, a page on there that you can um, and people do if you would like to comment then do you know I'll, I'll get back to you i'll be interested to hear what you've got to say anyway enough of me rambling come and meet victoria barry she's a really lovely lady and i know you're gonna love her too okay so on the words and pictures podcast this week i'm very excited to invite my very first children's author victoria barry is an emerging children's author and she's just won the prestigious Writing Magazine Award for the Children's Prize. So hello, Victoria, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm really pleased to be here. Yeah, I'm pleased. I'm pleased that you're here as well, because we both, I also write for children um, under a um, another name, as Tiger Molly, as I often say on the podcast. Um, so tell me about your book, Victoria. Oh, well, goodness. It was um, one that I started quite a long time ago. Um, to be honest, about five years ago, pre-COVID, pre-before the world went crazy. Um, and it's it revolved out of my own childhood memories of caravanning around the country. Um, and there was just many stories that came from that time for me. Um, and I just I guess I was just playing around with characters and I'm and I wanted to create this family of crooks. So the story is called The Crooks of Crookington Square. The concept is that it's a family of crooks. They live in a caravan um, and they they rent this caravan outside of the town and they don't want to be like everybody else in society. They don't want to conform. So they do a lot of burglaring, um, pickpocketing. Basically, they're, they're not very nice people. And the youngest, um, who's the main character of the story, Kat, she's eight years old and she's destined to follow in their footsteps. That's what their family wants her to do. And it's the night of her eighth birthday. And she's about to perform her first robbery of a popcorn factory and steal the money box. But what they don't know, but what the reader knows, is that Kat does not want to be a crook. She doesn't agree with that way of living. She wants to move out the caravan and get one of the move into a house and find other children that she can play with and become a part of the town. So throughout the book, she's having to almost go one step ahead of her family and stop their 
crimes so that she can, in her mind, do good, but it doesn't go to plan. Nothing ever goes to plan. They're not very good at being crooks. And it's a very funny take on this young girl trying to fit into her family, but without them knowing. But they're starting to work out that something or somebody is against them, but they don't realise that it's their eight-year-old child. So that's uh, that's basically the concept. And, um, and that was the idea that I came up with. And I've just played around with it for a number of years. Um, and then decided last year that I was just going to sit and write and just decided to um, just see what happened. And the, and it's been amazing to see it just develop. Yeah, well, it sounds like quite a quite an unusual concept. And, and would you say it's aimed at eight-year-olds? Yeah, it's. I mean, Kat, is, who's the young girl in the story, she's eight. So I would say it's between seven and nine-year-olds. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely that age. Yeah. She's very much leading the story. Um, and her best friend is the family dog who's called Bandit, and <laughs> which I had great fun writing because I wanted to make him a real presence as well in the book. And it's their story together and they're going along. And um, Bandit's the only other character in the book that knows what she's trying to do. Yeah. But obviously Bandit can't talk. So it's, 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 it was very fun writing. Um, I like I like the idea of it. It's really good. And will it be a one-off story? Or are you got are you going to write a sequence to it? I would like to think that it would be a series. Um, yeah. So the the book itself is a you could pick it up and um, and read it in what in you know it's a one. It doesn't follow one into another. But the characters I would love to place them. I mean, I've got ideas to place them into different situations. And again, the same concept of her trying to make sure that they they don't do what they should be doing um so yeah i've got ideas for others um so who who knows who knows yeah so so you've put it into for the competition for the writing magazine and you won it which is brilliant so mm. what what do you get from that what what will be your the you know what did you what what um you know what was the prize did you did you win money do do you get some help yes. publishing it so you get so you win 200 pounds which is lovely because I'm going to put that straight back into um, finding another writing course and just keep investing in, in yourself. Um, and you get publication in the writing magazine, which is, I think it's going to be the May edition. Yeah. Um, so the first two paragraphs of your story, just to give people a taste of what the winnings entry was. Yeah. Uh, and then I've done an interview with them. So that will be printed as well about where the ideas came from and why I entered the competition. Uh, and then also you win um, a one-to-one -one Zoom meeting with Julia Churchill, who's a top literacy agent for children. Um, so that's happening in a couple of weeks. Yeah, oh, well, that'll be great because that'll put yeah. you in touch with... And also, I think these literary agents... Um... I mean, I traditionally, I don't traditionally publish my own stuff. I'm an independent mm. author, um, but it's always really great to talk to these people. And I have on various occasions mm. talked to them because they're very knowledgeable and they know the market and, yes. and, and they'll look at your stuff and they'll give you a real insight into it. So, yeah. you know, whichever route you decide to go down, whether yeah. you, you know, and also they might take you on, which is exciting. Yeah. I mean, you to know. be honest, that was one of the appeals to entering the competition because I've tried for, I've been writing for, I would say seriously writing for about 10 years. Um, I've always been a, a writer ever since I was a, I discovered Roald Dahl, you, you know, at primary school and got so engrossed in them stories. So I've always been on and off writing, but then life tends to take you on a different path. 
having four children will do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, um, so I had a complete break from writing at that time. And then once they got to the ages where they were more independent, I decided that I didn't want to just, you know, just give up that dream of becoming a writer. And at the time, I didn't realise children's writing would reach out to me as much. And it was when I... When they went to, when, like I say, when they became independent, I went back to university. I always wanted to do English literature at university and creative writing. I just thought, right, this is my time now. I can go off and do my thing. I've raised the children. It's, it's my time. And, and it was whilst I was studying my degree that every time we came to write something, this child voice would just come come on the page. Even when it was writing about, you know, your own experience as a non-fiction, about anything, I would just find that I was just this child voice inside me just wanted to get out so I just decided to develop that so I stayed on and did the masters and I really focused more on children's literature during that time and that's where the crooks sort of started it was in that time that I started using these these voices and hearing and just developing characters and ideas from there when I finished my degree and my masters I enrolled onto the Curtis Brown Creatives um, course for child, writing for children and young adults um, and that just changed my whole writing it just it was just so eye-opening because uh, you put the child right at the center of your writing whereas before when I'd done it at university the, the child was always present but it was never the main protagonist whereas doing a course like that you had to bring your child character straight onto the page leading the story and really get into the that character's head of how would an eight-year-old act I mean I've had children and I've worked with children I, you know I work with children for many years but it's different when you start writing with an eight-year-old and you've got to become that eight-year-old to make it jump off the page would you say so, it was your your eight-year-old self that that is on the page or is or is it uh I, mean, I think everything that we write is always a bit of ourselves no matter what you're writing I think that's very true even if we deny it it is still us yeah. would you say it's your eight-year-old self that's on the page or, or I would say definitely with with this book with Kat Crook and the whole concept that she doesn't want to be part of their crooked lifestyle she wants to be part of the family but she's really struggling to um be honest with them she's very truthful with herself but she's really struggling to be honest with them because she knows that they've built this life around this is what they do this is what the normal is um and I suppose what it was for me thinking back to when I was a child I mean you know I'm not 21 you know I'm, I'm a mature mature lady now and at the time when I wanted to go off to university then like in the early 90s it wasn't a dumb thing it wasn't as accessible as it is now and my parents were very much working class and it was a case of when you finished college you went and got a job yeah, and that's what that's what I did. So that's you know. Yeah, me too. And, me too. Yeah. And it was just yeah. a different way of life, wasn't it? I mean, I've got yeah. my eldest son is at university now, and it's very easy for him to go because it's just a different life. Yeah, and so also, I went... I, also, I think universities are. Um, you know, my, my both of my children have gone to university, and they are grown up ladies like yourself, and they they've got. Um, you know, when I visited them, the university was a really a big mix of people and um, you know, cultures and different classes of society and I think that's a really healthy thing whereas I'm a lot older than you Victoria but when I left school and went into um I did a little bit of college but I couldn't really cope with it because of my dyslexia which was undiagnosed at that point but I it was very much my family were very much go and get a trade 
go and get yes. a trade. You, you know, you need to get a job. You need to have a trade. And I went into hairdressing. And it wasn't till years later that I then went and took a degree as a, yes. as a as an older older woman. Yeah. And um, yeah, and yeah. I think the young the young have got it really quite good now <laughs> yes. because because we we stand behind them and go do this yeah. now. You know, and and yes. and we're much more enabling. I think yeah. about hoping that they can go on and do these things so yeah. so 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 you've gone and done your degree later on in life yeah, yeah. And I remember yeah. sitting down with my mum and dad and feeling like I mean I was 38 when I grad when I went on to to start university oh, and me I too sitting, yeah I did. You? Yeah, yeah 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 and at the time I remember sitting down with my mum and dad and still feeling I mean I'm I, I love them to bits but still feeling that child in me thinking I shouldn't be doing this, but this is what I'm going to do. And, I, you know, I'm going to go and do yeah. it. And um, I remember well, telling people, them. People and the said, first... oh, it's a waste of time. Waste of... Why are you wasting your time? Yeah. Yeah, why are you wasting time? I mean, time? you don't need to. I mean, I do know that you don't need to go to university to become a writer. I will say that. And you don't, you know, I, I meet lots of different writers and they have no degree behind them. And they just have the desire to write, the passion and the natural talent. For me, it was more, it was much more about me challenging myself and, yeah. and just wanting to, I love English. I'm a proper English geek. I always was when I was younger and I just wanted to just push myself and that, you know, obviously coming to learning to write for children was, was an added bonus and I've just fallen in love with doing that. And um, and it's funny, you know, because when I first wanted to go, my mum and dad said, no, you've got to go and get a job. Writing won't pay. So when I told my dad that I won and one of the characters is based upon him I was like so I did say you said it wouldn't pay and now I've won so it always comes back around yeah yeah and I think it's about having that you know I think when you get a little bit older you go through your 30s and you become to know who you are as, as a as a person as a woman mm. and what you want you're, you're much more able to stand up and say you know this is what I'm going to do and um you know go go for it did you do open open university no, I went to Salford University, so uh -huh, I'm Lancashire yeah. based. Um, yeah. I did look at the Open University, um, but I just, I wanted the whole going out of the house. I yeah. don't think I'd have, uh, it had worked at the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did it at Salford. And then, like I say, I stayed on and did the Masters and uh, yeah, it was a really good experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it is. It is nice just to be able to focus on yourself and and just enjoy that learning. And and also, I think when you're a bit older, you don't waste a minute of it. No. You, know, you know what I mean? I no. I did the Open University. Um, so I didn't. You know, we had lectures and things. You know, at the weekends and stuff like that. And it was great. But it was just so great to just I don't know mop up all that information. I I did yes. a degree in psychology. Um, because I wow. a child psychology because I wanted to be a teacher, which is what I oh. went on and did, and I was yes. then taught for years. And um and it was great to be able to do that, and 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 to be able to say that um especially if you didn't do very well at school because of the dyslexia thing, mm -hmm. um then when I was when I was a teacher, I, I you know you I was able to say you know I've got these problems you know as a learner and it made me mm -hmm. a better teacher really because I could just understand when the kids were yes. struggling. I thought yeah. that was me sat there once. I I struggled. Yeah, yeah. and and it was yeah. great to you know be a part of it yeah. yeah 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 so sometimes I think education is wasted on the young because they don't realize <laughs> how how lucky they are to just be there you know and you feel like it's a real privilege to you know yes. I was lucky enough I had a husband who was able to you know support my support mm. me while I did that and um and pay for it you know so mm. you know it was great but of course you know, I, I'm I'm a great advocate that it's it should be available available to everybody because yeah. everybody is capable of 
learning something that they like mm. yeah. yeah yeah it yeah. is like you say though it's if I'd have gone if younger I don't think I'd have got as much from it but like you say when you go as a mature student and you've got a busy home to come home to you've not got the time to be you know I suppose messing about really so you've got no. to go and you've got to do I, I just really embraced it it just went so fast part of me wishes I could go back and just embrace it again but um yeah it was very yeah. very good yeah it is it is it's nice to be able to do it ah so let me let's get back to the book so mm-hmm. you're so at the moment are you pitching pitching to agents or are you going to go wait until you've had your um chat with the agent that you're seeing through the writing magazine yeah I'm just gonna wait um because I did complete another story last year that I did submit to agents at the time and got full requests and then um it, it they fizzled out it didn't it didn't it didn't yeah. come off and um so I think you get a little bit exhausted after a while. If I'm honest, you get tired of putting yourself out there. And and I know they're so swamped with there's so many people submitting every day. So I just think I'm just going to wait to have my meeting with Julia and then take her advice on board and just move forward with that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And of course, there's always independent publishing. I would say that, of course I would. Um, I know, you know, I have looked at that route. It's just, to me, it's just like a massive, where do you start? It's like, oh, goodness. But uh, I have l- loosely looked at it. Yeah. Well, if you if you think about it seriously, do get in touch with me, Victoria, yes. you know, because you're part of my little tribe now once you've been oh, on the podcast. And, um, you know, well, there's lots of things, routes I could mm. show, tell you to go down to have a look at that if you seriously yes. wanted to see. And of course, the other thing is these days, um, I had a writing friend over yesterday who's who's writing like lit- literary fiction, mm. um, but she also is writing um, like a cosy crime thing, which she thinks she will probably um get one of them traditionally published and hopefully yes. uh, and then independently publish the cozy crime thing because a lot of people are hybrids these days you don't have to be one or the other you don't have to be you know in the old days it was like oh you know you if you independently published you couldn't ever you know the the the, mm. the traditionally published side of it wouldn't yes. touch you with a barge pole nowadays they don't care because mm. gen- generally the um independent author actually earns more than the traditionally published mm. author and uh they uh yeah. you know we know a lot we you know mm. we're out there and and i think we're we're almost um we're i don't know what the what the figures are but we're we're a big part of the market now yes. within the book industry worldwide mm. so so it's not a thing to be just brushed aside on no. on some dream of being uh, traditionally published but what i'm saying to you is i'm not saying go one or the other but i'm saying it's very possible to do both and do it both successfully and have you know one part of your business which is that and another part which is Mm. which is the other the trouble with the trad thing is it takes a very long time before you'll see your work out there yes yeah and they still expect you to do all the other things like your networking your social media a lot of the advertising and putting yourself Mm. out there they'll expect you to do that anyway so either way you're stuck with that yes. you know coming yes. off podcast talking to <laughs> mad women like me you know things like that but you know it's it's all good and I think it's it's good to keep your options open and mm. you know perhaps perhaps do both sides of the coin and it's yeah. it's it's entirely possible I know a lot of people that have both a foot in both camps and and yes. do both successfully so you know you could mm. definitely definitely develop a a series of books that you could that you could do yourself you know yeah 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good to know that. Yeah. So, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the indie thing. It's it's entirely possible. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, very <laughs> and good. especially especially as a as a independent, you know, as a mature student, you know, if you've gone on and and gone and done different things, mm. you know, and gone on to the learning things, you'll be more than capable of of tackling the, the yeah. beast, you know, of learning of acquiring the knowledge that you need in order to do it successfully. Yes. Um. So you're just doing the writing. You don't think you'll do do you draw as well do you do a bit of artwork because i do i do my own artwork see and that's part the for me the children's side of my work is very much because i like to do the drawings and and i and i'm enjoying i'm enjoying doing that as the time molly thing do you think you'll do a bit of illustration or is that not i mean i'd love to i mean i I would love to to i love drawing i absolutely love it but i'm not very good at it and um i mean i have tried before just to playing around and I suppose you know again it's it's going off and learning these things isn't it and learning this skill um and it's just to be honest it's finding time to do to do those extra things in the middle of you know everything else that you've you've got going on um I have a I have a lovely friend who she's a fantastic illustrator and she has with the crux when I was writing it and I was having them days of oh this is you know, am I going the right way with it? But, but she would doodle something and send it to me, and yeah. um, and that really lifted me because I think it's that I love I love reading children's books and I love that when there's illustrations in them, um, and I, that's the dream to have a children's book with with illustrations in. So it's something that I wouldn't say no to, but I think I would have to go to class and learn because a lot of my illustrations are stick men, and stick people, and stick little like little stick animals so they make sense to me but probably not to anybody else because I, I often wonder how that happens when when people are um writers for children because for me the pictures are coming mm. with me as I'm as I'm writing I am I'm quite often drawing at the same time because I can see it mm. in my head so clearly and so I for me it would be really odd to get somebody else to illustrate my work because yeah. I know exactly what these characters look like <laughs> so yes you know, so it's it's kind of fun to fun to do that. So I, I'm often wondering how how does that happen when mm. you know providing the words and then you know then I suppose you would give them the stick in drawings in order to help them yeah you know see see the vision that's in your head that you can't actually get yeah. out on the end of your yeah. <laughs> onto the paper. I suppose it's just knowing your characters very well inside and out. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of the characters that I write about are based on people that are, you know that I've seen or that I work with or that I've you know like family members so as a writer it's in my when I'm writing like when I was writing the crook family it was very easy for me to put them into words and on the paper because I could clearly and I can still clearly see them and I can hear what you know what one character would say to another and they've all got very different when they're using the dialogue I can hear their conversations and I remember when I was at uni and one of my tutors said to me the trick of writing good dialogue is not having to put who said that all the time because then you know that that person you could easily yeah yeah, pick that sentence up and think that character would say that or that character wouldn't say that so it like in the crooks we have granddad crook granny crook mum crook dad crook and then cat crook as the child granny crook is always getting her words mixed up and it just suits her character and her personality and the way that she looks and the way that she walks and and granddad crook is very wise he comes out with the one-liners you know and he 
when they're going off and they're getting these ideas to do these crimes and they're as ch- more like how children do you get children that are so excited and I know my own children they'll have an idea and they won't think of how logically it's going to come through or the consequences they are just we're doing this and we're off and you're like there's always that adult that says well have you thought mm. this through and granddad crook is very much like that so they're all very different and they've all got the different styles um and then mum crook is the posh one she's married into the crook family uh-huh. And then Dad Crook is the one that's um, the proper rogue that thinks of all the crimes. So I think once I think when you get when you know your characters so well, um, if you sat with an illustrator, you could you could say this is what this is, this is what that that person, this is how they would act and how they would look and how they would sound. And I think that's the beauty of of writing stories is um, you know sitting with your characters enough to know them inside out yeah absolutely um, and I think that's very good because you're able then to write the next book and I think I think being able to provide series mm. for children's work because I, I do find that when my kids were little and, and actually I remember when I was young I can actually remember that far back um <laughs> that uh, I had uh it was always nice to, you know, you finished a book that you liked and then go, oh, gosh, there's another one. And you can yes. read, read the next one in it. And that yeah. was that was always the thing. So I think when you go to see your agent, yeah. if, you can, if you can provide her with a with e- with even a rough outline of the next couple of books mm. that you could write within that thing, I think you'll do better with it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Because because that's that's what they want. They want to see yeah. that you can you can produce, you know, more yeah. than just this one off thing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the plan is, I mean, the first one focuses on Cat Crook's relationship with her dad, Crook, because he's the one that's masterminded all this this plan and this idea to get her to almost take over the family fortune, which isn't a lot because they don't own anything. Uh, and, this, and the books, as I plan in the series, will focus more on each of the adult Crooks with Cat Crook's relationship underneath it, underlining it all. So that, that's always been the plan. So, so yeah, hopefully. Yeah. That's... And and what about you know obviously you're here on the podcast I I saw you on um I'm trying to think Twitter was it Twitter yes yes so I saw you on Twitter so are you on any other social media are you are you breaking into the other bits and pieces No again at the moment it's a bit of a minefield and I should I should it's what it is is the job that I do away from writing it's um it, I, I work in health and social care I work with vulnerable adults and vulnerable families and it's not in our contract but it's frowned upon to be on the other social medias just you just do not know who's going to come and find you um so on twitter what i like about twitter is that it's very much you can just put on what you want to put on as the writer that's what it's trying to 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 create the writer um and it's that defining that clear line of this is me as a writer and then everything else that away from writing is is almost quite secretive if you will because it has to be because of the nature of the job that I do um but I do know that you know as if anything was to happen with the crooks and obviously the social media side I would have to delve into it into yeah. the world of social media yeah but I, but I think also within I think like you say social uh the the, the Twitter thing does lend itself to just giving that you know because it's mm. just a very small thing you can put pictures on or not and you can just put a couple of sentences or not or whatever but I think also within the other within the other social medias again you know you don't be afraid of it because you can still be just that writer self you can just keep Mm. it to your writer's name and even on tiktok i mean i do one tiktok thing for my um 
children's author thing, the Tiger Molly, but I never put my face on there. Not on that one. Um, I I only put put my face on the DJ Bowman Smith, which is my adult writing. And and I don't ever put my I don't put my face on there. You see my hands and I draw a lot on there and I'm doing I'm doing that and I'm kind of building that up. Um, But so, again, you can you can keep it as narrow or as wide as you want. And generally, if you're doing a book account, but if you're doing something to promote yourself as a, as a writer, as mm-hmm. as a as a creator, then they they actually do better if they are purely focused on that, and they're not also a slice of your life. Mm. You know, I I I might do a little bit of um, oh, I'm walking my dog or something like that. On I think I do that a little bit on Tiger Molly, but not not really. It's 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 just it's very honed into. This is yes. this is what I'm writing and this is what I'm selling. And I very rarely do. I might do a few funny videos or things like that, but mostly it's just mm. entirely about the book sale. Yes. You know, and, and I think I think you can do that. You don't have to go, you know, you don't have to do a dance. You don't have to get on no. there and speak if you don't want to. You can you can just do, you know, mm. the picture of your work and the words on the top and a bit of music you don't actually have to show your face and if you look at my if you go into tiktok look at my tiger molly you'll see that you don't see me on there and um, i'm quite open about that that is me but that that is me as a children's author and i just keep it as that as that thing you know whereas the other one likes much more you know me as dj so it's a different thing so so don't be frightened of it and i think think about it as um Decide what you want to do. Write write a thing on. Say right, well, this is me, and I'm going to go on the social media because I, you know, I need to promote yes. myself as a writer. And um, you know, if you're going to do um, TikTok or um, Instagram or any of those mm. things, and then you decide your parameters. Mm. What is it that you're going yes. to show? J- yeah. Just just the books in your hands, just just you know, visuals from the things, you know, book covers, things like yes. that, and some and some words or you know, clip, you know, bits of bits of your work or something that the illustrator's done or, yes. you know, maybe your office or your writing space. You can just keep it like that. I never show my house. I only show no. this room. Yeah, you decide your parameters. It's your yes. thing. And don't be scared about it. It'll be fine. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's going to be my task this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will yeah. have an Aussie. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And it'd be nice, actually, to share the journey from this moment. Yes. Uh, because I know there's so many people that are trying to crack into the world of children's writing and it's such a hard world I know that it's such a hard world. I've been trying for 10 years um and actually this was the first competition that I entered mm. because I, I hadn't I suppose hadn't had the confidence before and I just thought right if I don't do it now I'll, I'm just you know it's, it's too good an op- opportunity to miss up um so when I got the call to say that I won I was I was very surprised bless you yeah no well I don't think you should be surprised I'm sure it was you know it's it's going to be brilliant thank best you. of luck to you thank yeah. you <laughs> see you again bye 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 so great to have a children's author on the podcast um quite hard to get hold of children's authors I think you're quite a shy lot so if you know people any other children's authors that would like to come on and tell me about their work well please do get them to give me an email you can find um, links in the show notes and all that kind of thing okay so next week my guest is Valeria Salt quite a different thing Valeria writes uh, science fiction and uh, it's kind of science fiction mixed in with history and uh, she was a really fascinating interview so come along and have a listen to that um, okay so in the meantime um, this has been the words and pictures podcast I'm DJ Bowman Smith you can find all the usual links in the pod in the show notes and um 
uh, you can find me at uh, djbowmansmith.com, funnily enough. Until next time, bye-bye. Thank you.